It's time for Talking Tauntauns! Your Star Wars source at AIPTcomics.com Hey, what's up everybody? Good morning and welcome to another episode of Talking Tauntauns, the official Star Wars podcast for AIPTcomics.com. I am JJ Travers and I'm joined this morning, as always, by Connor Christensen and Jim Lahane. Today we have a great episode for you. We're going to be talking a couple news pieces to get started, and then we're going into a blast from the past, uh, something that just recently was added to Disney+. Plus. We talked about that at the end of last week's episode, Star Wars Clone Wars, the 2003 TV series uh, from, you know, based on George Lucas's work, but from uh, Gendy Tartakovsky. Uh, so... This was around for three seasons, 25 episodes, 2003 to 2005, and I haven't seen it since we were in high school, so we're going to be mainly talking about that today. And I have never seen it before, so it's a first for me. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. I did a little tease for the listeners. JJ posted about it in our Star Wars Discord, and him and I are on opposite sides, so this is going to be fine and i think i'm coming down the middle no, <laughs> yeah, but, is... <laughs> but we'll get into it when we get there i mean it would be boring if we just agreed that everything was either great or fantastic all the time right this this they can't all be solo podcasts you know because 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 we all love it that's get true it? i'm really looking there. forward to that episode when we basically just fawn over the movie for an hour actually i'm pretty sure when we did solo i wasn't huge fan of it <laughs> that actually is true you have you have gotten you've grown on solo but when we first talked about it you were like oh yeah i was okay oh i loved it loved it still love it love it more than i loved it then and we got a great guest coming on for solo so is it a surprise or are we gonna tell people uh i'll leave it as a surprise just in case um she's not able to make it for some reason that's a good idea <laughs> all right uh right off the bat we're gonna start with the sad disappointing news and then from there we'll move into some good news and then from there we'll move into connor and i arguing about clone wars your tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker then i'll see you in hell hello what have we here so TT Games, the developer for Star Wars uh, Lego, the Skywalker Saga, announced some disappointing news. Uh, That was two days ago now from when we're recording. So they have announced that the Skywalker Saga, which was supposed to drop this spring, they never gave us a definitive date. They just said the spring uh, is now just they don't know. We'll provide an updated launch timing. Uh, Let me read the full uh, statement here for you. All of us at TT Games are working hard to make Lego Skywalker, uh, excuse me, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, the biggest and best ever Lego game. But we're going to need more time to do it. We won't be able to make our intended spring release date, but we'll provide updated launch timing as soon as possible. Bummer. They, their spring release date was not their first release date, I don't think either. They had hoped to get it out in 2020, um, but then, you know, 2020 happened. And so I can see them being delayed, at least due to that. But, like, before we started recording, my comment was, you have seven of these games already out there. I have seven of the, like, uh, or seven of these movies. I have the original OT, the original OT, the original PT, um, and then they released, like, episode seven as a standalone game. So you have, like, two movies, and you've had several years of working on this. Um, so I'm interested in what they're... What, what, what is causing the big hiccup here? Well, they've, you know, we talked about the trailer for the game when it first released. Um, and I've always been, yeah, it was the trailer for the game was amazing. Like, it was like, oh my God, this is a Lego Star Wars game. This looks like, this looks like they put more time and energy into it than most major Star Wars releases. Um, Cause I've always been like pretty indifferent to the Star Wars game. So I'm assuming it's taking longer because they're just reworking everything from the ground up. They're adding like, cover mechanics and over the shoulder like shooting perspectives and like a dog fighting mode and all this stuff um so i think they just like keep realizing like wow this is taking so much longer than we thought it would but that's what happens when you remake seven full games (laughs) yeah the trailer looked amazing and i've really enjoyed all the lego 
Star Wars games so far. They're a blast for anybody of any age to play. Uh, so I'm disappointed, but I'm also a big... Um, I was a big fan of Cyberpunk and very excited for that. So there's two schools of thought for me here. There's Nintendo and there's CD Projekt Red. Be like Nintendo. Don't be like CD Projekt Red. N- Nintendo says... Uh, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rush game is forever bad. And that is very, very true. I am disappointed, but I would much rather they just take their time and get it right the first time. So when it is released, we have a great game. Waiting sucks, but it's much better than having a game come out with a slew of bugs and problems and missing features. Like, wouldn't you rather the first time you play it, it be a great experience? Yeah, you know, Bugs, missing features, little things like there's no actual children in the game. They just took the adult renders and literally shrunk them down. And it's not uncanny and terrifying at all. Wait, they Uh, did that in Cyberpunk? Yeah. yeah. I never (laughs) noticed or knew that. I played it for about a month and just I couldn't handle it anymore. So I'll I'll go back to it one day when it's actually like properly fixed. Yeah. Which I still don't think it is. No, and I was going to say that it's been five months since cyberpunk came out and it still isn't fixed so i could not agree more like it's one of those things like ah shucks but take your time i'd rather the game work when i get it than it'd be a broken nightmare i agree i just my question is like just basically what i said like what is taking so long um but i want it to be a good game when it comes out and lego lego is one of those weird games um that if you die it really doesn't matter like you die and then you respawn you pick up all the little coins that you dropped and you can keep going on your way it's it's fantastic i love i love the way that lego is set up it's made for non-gamers to play and it's great fun in the process so i i'm i'm looking forward to it i haven't actually touched uh most of the even though i own them i have i've only played the uh the pt um version of it because i've been waiting for this one uh so we'll see um when it comes out on um xbox 480 <laughs> when that's when it is the uh debut title for the playstation 6 yes yes can't, or 7 yeah can't wait but uh <laughs> It'll be cool once it gets here, if it gets here. It'll get here. I mean, it, it, it'll get here. It'll be fine. Uh, and again, I I respect the move to every and like I get so annoyed with folks that go into the comments and it's my fault for even reading them and are like, what yes, the, yes, it is. The comments are terrible. Don't what the don't, F's don't do it. taking so, you know, people that are just like, blah, 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 blah. I know nothing about game development or what's involved. No, they in know it, everything about game development. Yell. They looked it up online. I'm they watched yell YouTube at this video. company. <laughs> there's a, there's a poor community manager behind the scenes who hates their oh, life. <laughs> God, that's a job I would never do. The, the guy who owns the comic book shop I go to, that's what he did in his past life. Shouts out, Aaron. And uh, he and I have shared many stories about the game industry. And sorry, let me rephrase that. He has shared many stories to me about the game industry. And I just go, wow, I am kind of happy I never went into games. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I forget. I think it's Jason Schreiber. Is that his name? Connor, you might know the the video game reporter. He used to work for Kotaku. Now he works for Bloomberg. Yeah, but he wrote a very popular book within the gaming gaming industry. I think it's called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, and it basically is um, noted for for doing a really good job of kind of um, dispelling the illusion of like what people think working in the game industry is like and like what it's actually like. People think it's this like amazing, cool, fun time. I'm sure parts of it are, but it's this incredible crunch culture that is super stressful and has a cr- incredibly high burnout rate jason schreiber i just looked it up for you mm-hmm. yeah and so jason Hope- Schre- schreier Schre- Schre- schreier schreier he has like an eie in there and i'm not he, i'm not he is not related to leave schreiber the star there's, there's, of x-men yes he played Sabretooth. um but no so hopefully this delay means less crunch for the employees but from what i understand is usually when there are delays it means more crunch for the employees because they're still trying to rush a game out so hopefully that's not the case either way i'm glad they're taking their time on it i just want to play it 
Yeah, and, and there are good game studios out there that treat their employees right, and I hope this is one of them. Um, but yeah, it'll get here when it when it gets here. I'm very much looking forward to talking about it. Excuse me, playing it and then talking about it on this podcast. Uh, yeah. Next piece of news, you guys ready? Yes. So we recently um, read Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising, the first book in the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy uh, in our Star Wars book club, which we talk about all the time on the show, and we reviewed it on this podcast. And we also noted that the second book, Greater Good, is coming out on April 27th, so it's just a couple of weeks away now. Uh, StarWars.com has now told us the title Uh, The cover art and the release date for the third and final book in the trilogy, Thrawn Ascendancy, Lesser Evil. Are you seeing the pattern, folks? Um, So this is going to arrive this year on November November. 16th. So he's cranking these things out. Yeah, that cover is gorgeous, too. Um, I love all the covers for these uh, Ascendancy novels. They're very, um, like, two-tone uh, with the chimera um, kind of artwork, the chimera being Thrawn's uh, s- super star destroyer or star destroyer, star star, uh, yeah. And so they kind of took that art and um, kind of played around with it on the these covers of the books. I love it. Yeah, I wonder with these release days, dates if Thrawn or not Thrawn Zahn, if Timothy Zahn wrote all of these at once. And they're just parsing out the release dates. Because, like, I can't imagine. I I feel like there's somebody who works in publishing who is listening to this and laughing at us and being like, yes, they don't write <laughs> them in real time, you idiots. <laughs> um, well, the um the first book was delayed. I don't know if you guys remember. It was it came out in September. It was yes. originally meant to come out in April, I think. And Zahn had said, he's like, the book is done. Uh, the reason that they didn't release it in April was from something on the publishing side of things. And so we never knew what the reason was. But if the book is done, then theoretically he can move on to the next two because his job with that one was uh, finished. And so he's had the time. And since that one got pushed, you can push uh, kind of the, the ones down the line a little further and maybe scrunch them up a little more because he's had more time to work on them. I wonder, too, if the, like if they were done, if there was this like uh like this feeling like well now i have more time to go back and tweak them if i like like i i bet as a writer that is like so tempting to be like well now i know that they're pushed uh you know there was that one chapter i wasn't stoked on so i wonder if he uh if he did that at all now the saying goes artwork is never finished it's only abandoned i'm i'm looking at the cover art and i'm like twisting my head here um i'm going to save it and flip it later but if you like turn your head it looks like i'm trying to work out what this symbol is but it looks like there could be some kind of symbol um here that the chimera is coming out of do you guys see that i don't know if it's a symbol or a creature but it looks like there's almost like a goblet or a hand in the middle there that's a hydra that is the uh the symbol for null the god of the symbiotes, uh, who uh, controls all the symbiotes in the known galaxy. Uh, wait, I'm I'm getting reports that that is actually a Marvel Comics character and is not what is on the cover. As um, as, <laughs> as for all the comics fans out there, so I'm not going to read the full uh, synopsis that they provide, but it's the last paragraph that really interests me especially in relation relation to the cover here it says the tr- the sh- god <laughs> the chiss are no strangers to war their mythic status in the chaos was earned through conflict and terrible deeds some long buried until now to ensure the ascendancy's future thrawn will delve deep into its past uncovering the dark secrets surrounding the ascension of the first ruling family but the truth of a family's legacy is only as strong as the legend that supports it even if that legend turns out to be a lie interesting that sounds like it's going to drop back to uh, what we were talking about, where the chaos first started. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're going to get to the reason why the chaos started. Yeah, I I wonder if that's going to take us into um, more information about the Sith Wars as well. Yeah, and that's something I'm like possibly most interested in. In like the greater Chiss lore is tell us about their involvement in the Sith. Jedi Sith War, darn it. 
Give me that that sweet sweet lore. Lore is um, a Star Trek character. You're again crossing. Um, no, Jim. Lore is a 2015 pop star known for the album Pure Heroin. No, no. Lore is Data's brother. I refuse I think. to believe. I refuse oh, now to I'm questioning that. myself. Marvel Comics, <laughs> Metallica, Star Trek. We're all over the place today. Uh, one more thing I want to drop before we move on to our conversation proper here is uh we talked about comics a lot last week and the preview for star wars the high republic number four uh is on aiptcomics.com right now it just came out and it looks awesome the artwork is so good ario anandito is just killing it i like i said i do I, <clears throat> we talked about this last week i don't get how he's not like a bigger name yet with how like awesome his pages are and how good his layouts are it's like this guy should be a superstar i have a feeling that this is gonna put him on a lot of people's radars and we're gonna see him doing a lot of cool projects down the road here i mean not that this isn't one this is awesome but you know what i mean well and for kevin scott like um kevin scott is usually you know this isn't his first comics work but this is his first non like children's focused comics work and he's crushing it too um, I, I don't know this, the high Republic comic is, you know, I don't think there's been anything in the high Republic that's been bad yet by any means. Almost everything's been pretty good, but I think the high Republic comic is possibly the standout of it all. Um, I think it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Oh, speaking of which, I don't know if I told you guys, I finished uh, a test of courage last week. Um, took me six days to read a children's book. So that's where it's, I'm at as a human. It's No, it's a surprisingly long children's book. Like I'm like oh, it's a tiny book. I'll read this in like two days. It took me like two weeks. I'm like, yeah. this book is like amazingly long. It's also really depressing. It <laughs> is really depressing. A test of Courage is? Yeah. yeah. It's all a, a test of courage on it, you know, below the surface is entirely about grief. and oh, how okay. And how people process grief and how we move on from the death of loved ones. And it's like, like I said, it's very don't get me wrong, it's very good. I'm very glad I read it. But it's it's pretty sad. <laughs> like it's a, the whole book is just kind of sad. And you're watching these characters chapter by chapter, sudden like they'll they'll be having a good day, and then they remember, like, oh my mom died. And then they launch into like seven pages of how they'll never see their parents again and and how like what are they gonna do with their lives and how are they gonna find like that that North Star? It's brutal. It's good, but it's also like God. This is a kid's book. Uh, this is the one about Vernestra uh, Rowe. She's like the prodigy fifteen-year-old Jedi Knight, correct? Yes. Uh, sixteen. Yes. Sixteen. They. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's worth it's worth reading. It's it also it takes place in the middle of Light of the Jedi. For those who have read Light of the Jedi, it takes place. Smack in the middle of it. Um, I, I'd say it leans more on the end of the Light yeah. of the Jedi because it, yeah. uh, it, they're going to the Starlight Beacon dedication ceremony, um, which is uh, at the very end of a Light of the Light of the Jedi. So, yes, and exactly. we've got a uh, a descendant of Santa Staros, yes, uh, ancestor, other way, and she is also the best character in the book. She. I rules. loved her. She was she as a scientist. She is my spirit animal. <laughs> she has uh, she's big Doctor Afra energy, except she is she's she's a lot like Doctor Afra, except she is like pure good. Like and she, she's but, twelve, and she's twelve. Yeah, but she honest. She like she is, <laughs> a, like slightly slightly uh, like sociopathic. I guess because she. Sometimes forgets that like everyone else has feelings. She's the only one not undergoing immense grief, and she seems to forget that <laughs> from time to time, and is like brutally honest with the other people. Um, but she's also like she's she's the smartest person in the room, and she knows she's the smartest person in the room. It's she's fantastic. She's the best part of the, she makes the whole book worth reading, and that's not to you know say that the book's not great, but like she is the best part of the book. So definitely, if you haven't read it yet. Check out A Test of Courage. It's worth your time. All right. Uh, are you guys ready to talk some Clone Wars? I sure am. Could even talk some Ewoks if we wanted to. 30 minutes no, we're of saving it. it. We're saving it.
like fire across the galaxy, the Clone Wars spread. So, this dropped back in, on November 7th in 2003. So, I was, I believe, a senior in high school at this point. Yeah. Um, so, there was three seasons total. The first uh, two seasons were only three to five minutes each. And the third season was 12 to 15 minutes each. Uh, and I barely remember this at all. And I'm so glad that they put it on Disney Plus as just two, like, um, hour plus episodes to watch is basically like watching a movie. Cause I just watched them immediately back to back. I'm so glad it just wasn't broken up in all these little things. It flowed so much better this way, but yeah, as we said at the start of the show, uh, Gendy Tartakovsky, uh, I believe wrote and directed it. And it was just this kind of like anthology mini series almost on, the Clone Wars, and it gave us a lot of, like, key important moments, um, like the knighting of Anakin Skywalker, how he got his scar, and of course this is no longer canon, but at the time it was. Uh, We got to find out, again, not canon anymore, but at the time how General Grievous developed his problem breathing, Uh, we saw, like, General Grievous's effect on the Jedi Order, uh, the clones, we saw so much about uh, the clone army and like their elite troops. Uh, there was important moments for Anakin Skywalker's development as far as, um, you know, foreshadowing what was going to happen with him. We saw C-3PO get his gold plating. There was a lot of major moments in this, even though the episodes were, were all very short. Yeah. So like you said, it, the first season um, came out November 7th and the way it was released, I remember it very vividly. I remember when it came out. Um, I was in, uh, my graduate program at the time. I was, and 10. Hmm? I was, I was 10. Yeah. Well, um, and so <laughs> they, I, um, I was a member of the star Wars hyperspace club, which is their online, uh, club. You get extra access to stuff behind the scenes and hyperspace members were able to get watch these a day early before they released them to the general public and they had played them online or on TV as well. And that was before DVR was a thing. Um, although TiVo may have been around at that time, but nobody used it. Um, and so I was like eagerly waiting each of these literally three to five minute short clips. Like they were like, like these, little balls of excitement every, every single day. Um, and you got the first 10 in November and then you got the second 10 in March. So literally 30 minutes of star Wars, new star Wars footage is all we got. Um, for since the release of attack of the clones in 2002. And then the final season, um, was in, uh, March of 2005, just before the release of revenge of the Sith. So in the 2004 release, of um the volume two is the first look we've seen of general grievous at all um when he crushes again we're gonna go with my obscure favorite characters do you know the name of the jedi that general grievous lands on when he's first introduced the the padawan who runs out "Ah." (laughs) do you know what he looks like just a generic white guy number one yeah no (laughs) that's what i was think scooby-doo Oh my god, is that supposed to be Shaggy? Is it His, really the, modeled after Shaggy? The Jedi's name is Shag D. Oh, oh my really god. It's for real. So you can look it up. That is legit the uh, the character. So he's one of my um uh obscure favorite characters from the series. And there's that is a lot the... of little Easter eggs in here. I'm sure there's a ton I didn't catch, but I, I did notice a lot of them. There are a ton, and we got, like, one of Asad's Ventress's first um, appearances, which still, this appearance fits into canon still. I believe they kind of referenced it in the the TV series um, vaguely, uh, but generally what happened here, I believe, is um, mostly uh, considered what actually happened, although we haven't seen it, so it's not 100% accurate. But we got a lot of first appearances of characters that we'd later see. Um, Dirge comes back in the comics. Asajj comes back in the comics of the Legends comics. Um, and Dirge, again, one of my favorite characters. <laughs> well, Dirge, and, and, you know, we've discussed it. Dirge is also coming back to to canon um, in Dr. Aphra, or at least a Dirge-like character. Um, but you can also see watching this a lot. Uh, you can see where the, the TV show, the, the 
um, the, the second TV show, I guess, the one we all that is um, more widely known, is uh, you can see where that show takes a lot of its uh, inspiration from this one. Like even in the first like 30 seconds where they're just doing like a bunch of teasers of what's to come. It's like, oh, yeah, like this all is reminiscent of what we'll eventually see in the full series. Yeah, um, and it's Tom Kane, too, that's uh, doing Yoda here and he's doing the voiceover um, everything just like the regular series. Was it the same? I'm blanking on his name, but the same guy who did uh, Obi-Wan for the regular season series did it for this show, too? Different? Oh, Obi-James um, Arnold he's... Taylor may be. I would have to double check that. Um, most of the characters do not are not the same, as you can tell by the voices are... Um, some of them are horrible. Um, Anakin threw me off a lot at first. Anakin, Anakin was he was it is James Arnold Taylor, yeah. Um, Anakin was much more really like um, uh, Attack of the Clones. Anakin, he was very whiny. Everything he said had a kind of a whine to it, and that's not the way they did in, in the the Clone Wars series. Yeah, I I agree. He was uh not not the biggest fan of this version of Anakin. Well, wasn't um, sorry. Am I no, hearing you guys wrong, or getting it confused? Matt Lucas was Anakin, right? Yeah, Matt Lucas was Anakin. He did not play Anakin in the uh, in Filoni's uh, Clone Wars series. Okay, okay. But yeah, um, a lot. You can you can you can see a lot of the uh, the general inspiration for the the series as a whole. What I realized, so I uh, if anyone's a fan of Parks and Rec, there's there's an episode in which Tom talks. Tom Haverford talks about how badly he wants to become a cigar guy and he wants to open a cigar shop. And he wants to get into cigars. At the end of the episode, uh, Leslie Nope presents him with a cigar in a cigar lounge, and he sits down. He lights the cigar and he takes one puff and he goes, "Hmm, I do not like this." Yeah. <laughs> I that think is- that guy wants to hunt me. Yeah, that is exact. That's the exact episode. That is exactly how I would describe my experience with this with Tartakovsky's film. <laughs> I love the totally obscure, ridiculous reference, but it, I, I it know the scene up. so well because I've seen that show a million times. And it, I, I disagree with you, but I'm a hundred percent on the same page of what you're talking about. I like I when Jim brought this. Jim brought this for the listeners who don't know. Jim suggested this long before Disney Plus dropped them on uh or yeah before disney plus dropped them on disney plus like i've been talking about this for years to get you guys to watch (laughs) no like literally he brought this up years ago and i've i was like yeah that sounds awesome i've never seen them i've heard they're fantastic can't wait like it's gonna be great so i was really looking forward to it and i wanted to like them and i like about 26 minutes in i was like i am so not a fan of this um and you also got to keep in mind that you're looking at it in, in a different context that it was presented. It Absolutely. was presented as three to five minute shorts. And there is nonstop action, almost almost no dialogue. Um, I noticed that very distinctly this time. There's almost no dialogue for the length of this thing. And you're sitting down for an hour, two hours, if you're watching the whole thing. Whereas when we first got it, you're like literally five minutes. That is a commercial break. Yeah. And, and so and- it's... Well, and I'm also coming from the 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 clone, you know, the Clone Wars and Rebels, where they're very, 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 very story driven. Um, yes. The the Rebels is extremely character driven, um, and I'm used to like a much grander sense of storytelling within Star Wars animation uh, projects. So I think that threw me off a bit. And even though the se- the second volume, which is the latter season, which I think it, like the second volume only captures like six episodes because the episodes get longer. It but, is um, five episodes at over twice the length each episode. Yeah, but um, I realized, uh, like, so that one, the story got more of, like, an ongoing narrative that picked up from the, the first volume. But I realized, I was like, oh, I don't really like Tartakovsky's style that much. And it's so stylized that it's one of those things, like, yeah, if the style doesn't do it for you, you're, you're probably not going to dig this. It's like, for a, another comic book reference, like, one of my favorite artists is uh, Andrea Sorrentino, who is super, super stylized. Uh, he did Green Arrow. He did Old Man Logan. He did a little. He's actually done a few Star Wars books too. Um, but I know people who hate him because he's super stylized. And when an artist is that stylized, you can it can be hit or miss for people. And Tartakovsky is a miss for me. This is no. definitely a hold on. This is definitely a late '90s style. Like Samurai Jack is what this is based off of. Is his show, but also like Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's uh, Laboratory, Dexter's Lab. It's all the same type of. Um, 
uh, animation, which is not what we get today in anything, really. Now, that was my my question for you, Connor. I was about to ask if you, if growing up you watched Samurai Jack or Dexter's Laboratory. I was aware of Dexter's Laboratory. I, I know Dexter's Laboratory enough to know that he pronounces it laboratory. Um, but that's about it. That's that's my knowledge of Dexter's Lab. And uh, again, like Samurai Jack is something that like I'm aware I'm aware of its existence, but never really got into it. So, um, yeah, it's just it's it's very, very style. I was as I was watching it, I was like, this is one of those things that I'm sure if you are a Tartakovsky fan and a Star Wars fan, this is like like heroin. Like this is just perfect. It's everything you want, which is weird that I went with heroin for that reference. <laughs> I, I your point was made I guess we'll we'll give you that but I I was a huge I won't recommend it to you if you don't like the style cuz you don't like the style but I was a huge Samurai Jack fan when it came out so when this came out I was like oh okay perfect I already very much enjoy the style but the storytelling for Samurai Jack is fantastic and it's very similar with tons of um action but also and you see this in this series as well there's so many like epic just like scenes where like somebody's like the scene with Anakin when he's on like the kind of like vision quest slash trial to like save that tribe of of um you know native people and he has the paint the on Navi. And, and the um you know the lights are flashing in his face and you kind of see the almost the shadow of like Vader's mask on his face and you know there's scenes with like uh mace windu on the hill looking down at the destruction and this huge ship with his lights there's all these like epic moments that you look at and action and it's very little dialogue driving it which i really like um but it's definitely a very distinct style visually as well as like the storytelling it's i think it's like a kind of a master class in in storytelling personally um with how he gave us just like the best versions of so many jedi like obi-wan and anakin just killing it mace window just effortlessly blowing through like you know legion after legion of of droids and everything that comes with them and it's like you know it's not necessarily true to the story but with the style and the type of of story that you're getting here, I feel like it works. Like there's stuff Yoda's doing with the force that it's like, he can't do that. We know he can't do that, but it's like, if you take yourself out of that and don't expect it to be like, you know, like following like the rules to a T, I feel like you can enjoy it a lot more. And that's how I view it. I'm like, this isn't Canon. It's a very unique type of story with like bold colors, uh, bright colors bold lines like and they're definitely bending a lot of the rules but like if you keep that in mind it's easy to enjoy it and you 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 summarize it perfectly too because i was gonna bring up the mace windu scene because jim dm me last night was like hey have you watched it yet and i was like i'm about a half an hour in and that's like right around when that big mace windu scene happens and i was like this is simultaneously cool but also so stupidly absurd um and i think if you if you're like me and you're not really into the the style as much there's a disconnect between like oh but like just how like i was more more annoyed with the absurdity than i was uh you know in love with the style of it all i did think it was really cool when he's using the force to basically like concussion blast the droids and just blow parts of the droid away i thought that was cool but when he just like boxes the droids just starts it's, it's beating, ridiculous it's yeah just starts beating the crap out of him with his bare hands i was like okay this has gone from being cool to just stupid all right um, so let, but, let me maybe fix this a little bit for you um what the the like this was considered when it was um in like part of canon not like the official canon now but legends canon when that was official what they had said is basically the mace windu scene in particular was the most outrageous one of all of them and if you notice there's that kid that watches the whole thing the the story is is that this was all told from that kid's perspective and so what the kid saw on top of the the hill is what he is relaying to the 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 people that are the, the that he's reenacting this scene for and so it's not actually what happened it's what he is relaying that happened yeah okay that's 
I get that. I honestly thought there was a joke coming, and I thought you were going to be like, yeah, that kid's broom kid. I thought that's no, where no, that was going. No, no, but that, that's what they had said. That's so that it kind of fixes the absurdity of it all. But it is they're hype, they're hyped up force powers um, throughout it, and so it's kind of um, it's kind of hit or miss on how you take it. But uh, uh, like actually, Broom Kid's great great grandfather. Yeah, that's a yes. descendant of Broom Kid. Where uh, everything ties back together. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, going back to the animation, I kind of wanted to talk about that because I fall exactly in between. Like. I didn't actually watch much. I never watched Samurai Jack. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the Powerpuff Girls or Dexter's Lab. Like, I liked them. I just didn't watch them all that much. But I really liked this back in the day. Coming back to it now, it feels very rough. And not rough like that was the intended style. Like, rough as in not all of the lines are very clean and I don't know if it's the HD upgrade or what, what have you, but the first um, volume, they have it broken up basically the same as they've released on the DVD sets that I have. Uh, They have it volume one and volume two. Um, The first episode is volume one and that one, like it kind of gets better as you go, but it's still kind of rough. And then you take a lightning jump to the second volume. Like the animation isn't even close to the same. Like you, you get the first shot of the, um, the, uh, the, the laddie. Um, and it is like gorgeous compared to the whole first season. And I'm like, wow, they, <laughs> they took a lightning leap and they put a lot more resources into the second, um, the second volume than they did on the first one at all. Yeah, it, it definitely, it felt like, um, to do another non-Star Wars reference, it felt like when The Expanse goes from sci-fi to Amazon. You're like, oh, wow, they put a lot more money into this. But something else that I noticed with the second season is I feel like they inserted a lot more comedy. Like, the, the first season, I feel like there was maybe, like, one or two jokes, and in the, in the second... Um, as far as seasons with how they broke it up on Disney plus, like the second episode or whatever you want to call it had so many more jokes, like C3PO showing off his gold plating. I could not stop laughing sh- at that. I called that the strip tea scene. It's just, it, ever, there's so many people around here. Uh, and the way he does it, music. he kind of like, he leads his shoulders back and like drops the robe down. And I'm like, that is C3PO strip tease. Like, and totally. Anakin's like, impressive <laughs> very impressive and it's like stroking his chin <laughs> when when jim messed me last night to ask where i was at in the show i told him where and he was like okay so you haven't gotten to c-3po's strip tease yet i thought he was kidding obviously because he knows you know my opinions on c-3po have been made clear and then i got to it i'm like oh my god he wasn't joking like there is like sort of a like oh in, right here in this alley in public you want me to show my new look i can't do that it was it was funny like it was just downright fun and there were moments in the first volume that i was like i can't tell if this is supposed to be funny or not but it is where in the second volume it was like oh no this is very clearly like a part of the joke so um they definitely and also the animation it's not that the animation changed in the second volume um it just was it in like it did it is it just me it feel like it was in HD like that was that's why I say it just got cleaner yeah it just it was like, like oh like crisper they, yeah and so a, a lot of things that we got in this um, also we did see again like Ilum comes back in the Clone Wars uh, yes Filoni's Clone Wars series and so we got um, I believe I don't know if it's our first look at Ilum or one of the first looks but where the Jedi get their lightsabers from and of course the infamous Snow Money Padme. Uh, that uh, was blowing up because they have a gentle giant, I think, made a maquette of Snow Bunny Padme um, that is notoriously difficult to get their hands on. I have to Google this really quick. One second. It's Snow Bunny Padme. <laughs> I'm just curious what the, the gentle giant version of it is, if it's if it's like in the style of, of the show. Yes. Or... Yeah, it is. Um, I think see. that's one yeah. of the statues. Oh, my God. All right, without looking it up, guys, it's on eBay. Just throw a number out there. I like. I'm gonna guess like five thousand. Connor, six hundred and seventy-two. Is there's? I found two immediately. One is eight hundred dollars. The other is six hundred dollars. Okay. One is opened, which is why it's less, and the other has never been opened, which is why it's um 
eight hundred dollars. Uh, it's it's an infamous statue. Like for anybody in the collecting, <laughs> anybody in the collecting world, um, which I, I dabble in. I'm not a huge figure collector, but it, it things pass my my um, mind, and that was one of them. I'm like, that would be really cool, though. Get guess I'm not getting that because it already is gone. <laughs> Uh, other things from the the show and the second season in particular that I thought was was good was and very funny was uh, it would take like an army of Jedi to break into here ten thousand Jedi so how many Jedi are coming a thousand a hundred eighty and the droid's like no no two and he's like what <laughs> and, all right um, so you keep bringing up season two and and you've mentioned how much you love this and like it's generally agreed season two is the more comprehensive storyline what are your thoughts on season the first volume we'll call it season one and season i, two. I liked it too I, I was just calling out the the moments of like comedy from season two okay. that i saw i really also, liked season one a lot the opening sequence with yoda on his mount that they totally used a tauntaun um sound clip for with his <laughs> lightsaber drawn the jedi starfire swooping in like the corin with like the lightning flashing on the cliff and the rain coming down with count dooku and then it goes to mace windu like doing his badass i'm <laughs> like a god thing and then you see the clip of like before they get to the proper part of it, you see the preview for like Kit Fisto on his underwater mission. Like With the his, opening uh... sequence, I was just like, what a cool way to introduce people. Well, to give people like a preview for what we're going to get. And then. And you right didn't even bat, realize that was a preview at the time. Like watching it, you thought that these scenes would never come back. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, that's the scene that we saw like three episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and like I said, I, I don't remember much. Like when they got to the Kit Fisto part and the um, Mace Windu part, those came back to me in, in full. But a lot of the other show I just didn't remember. Um, but I really enjoyed right off the bat, like uh, they get right into like Chancellor Palpatine mucking with the Jedi Order and just having his head up Anakin's butt and just being like so creepy and weird and Anakin's being like all emo and whiny and I'm like they've nailed these part of the characters that that reminds me going back to season one volume one and uh the the difference in the comedy between the second volume and the first volume the scene where Anakin pursues Asajj into uh toward to Yavin um, which I didn't realize was Yavin at first until I got on Wikipedia. Um, well, they they mention it. Um, I think it sees when he gets knighted. I th- think they they mention it. Okay, but uh, and um, he's you know him and, and the clone troopers are 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 searching the jungle for Asajj, and there's like this montage of Asajj just. <laughs> ruining these clone troopers with the force and just throwing them around like ragdolls. And but the best part is, is that the clone troopers are just, it, Asajj isn't even there. It's yes, just the clone troopers just get like, like literally getting bounced around and just like they're walking along and just fly off. Yeah. There's one where he literally like cartwheel, cartwheels into oblivion. And I laughed, just, I was laughing pretty hard at that. And I couldn't tell, I'm like, I can't tell if this is supposed to be funny or not. But when I really lost it, and again, I don't think this was supposed to be funny, is they do this montage of all these clone troopers getting wrecked, and then they cut to Anakin, and he goes, something feels off. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be a joke, because it had that was absolutely been. hilarious. I yeah. was expecting like, Pink Panther music to start playing, and him to be like, there's a dead guy over there there that guy's helmet smashed yep something isn't right here i was dying laughing during that yeah i i was like there's no way that wasn't supposed to be a joke because that was too funny um connor i know you said this wasn't for you but there was a part that i thought you might like um and i'm curious for your thoughts on it that i love and it was the jousting uh well (laughs) <laughs> I do love that, and I do very much want to talk about that and have notes on that, but that's not what I was going to say. Um, what did page. you think about the squadron of the like elite clone troopers serving under Obi-Wan, making their way through the city, kind of like Navy SEALs? I'm actually glad you brought that up, because I thought it, it was the most interesting, because that episode, on its own, I, you know, looking at that like five-minute sequence, was 
I think there were two words of dialogue the entire time. It there was, were, yeah. It was super, super interesting to see, to compare that representation of clones, very cold, calculated, strategic, tactical, with what we see in the the, the future animated series where they all have personalities and... They're, it's not that they're not strategic and tactical; they are, but you know they're they're a lot less cold and calculated. So it was it was an interesting juxtaposition for sure. Um, but it was also some of the action was so very cool to watch, and the the use of sound, particularly in those sequences, was fantastic because it would go from like eerie silence and then boom, explosion into into a, a massive battle, then boom, cut back to silence once the battle is finished. They um, had a great. Um, mix of the music as well, like the Star Wars music that we knew. Duel of the Fates popped up at one point. There's and a lot it, of audio Easter eggs, though. I will say, for f- towards the end of the second volume, is when I started to notice, like, oh, now they're not using as much original Star Wars music, and it k- kind of, sh- it's like, it's kind of noticeable. Um, not doesn't like ruin it for me. I was like, oh, okay, this is a new composition just for this um and they used a lot of like tribal sounds and such um which at certain points i was like oh this sounds like something out of attack of the clones so it was the the music itself was kind of hit or miss for me um as on i mean like a lot of this was hit or miss for me some of it i thought was pretty cool like you know we just talked about that tactical scene of the like special clone troopers clearing out the city i thought was really cool and then there's other scenes like mace windu punching a droid to death that i <laughs> Didn't do it for me. On that point, you gotta admit, when he used the force to just pull out all the screws and it just collapsed, that was really cool. Oh, it was, it was cool, yeah. It seems excessive, though, that he took the time to pull out all the screws <laughs> on probably unnecessary. one droid. When there's like 10 million droids, he's like, I'm gonna pull out the screws on this one. Because he really <laughs> pissed me off. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, so many other times he's just like crunch or throw, but he's like, no, all of your screws now belong to me. But then he used them to like throw into other That's droids, a- which was also really cool. But before we completely leave it behind, that like um like street to street, like tactical um group of clones, I was like, Man, I could take a whole series on this guys on these guys doing this, and I was like, Oh yeah, like bad batch. So um, going on maybe unintended humor, not quite sure if it was or not. One of my favorite parts of that uh, was when you had the, the droid, they're on Munalist, um, the banking clan planet, and you have the droid literally sniper lining up the shot on the uh, the clone's helmet. And then basically when he pulls the trigger, it's like a Gatling gun. <laughs> and it's like, that is not how a sniper rifle works. And like the droid kind of shakes the gun and the bullets go everywhere. I'm like, then why did you line up the shot? <laughs> I actually, I kind of laughed at the, this is really, really specific. Um, but in that same line of thinking, the the way the guns reacted, like every time somebody, no, there was never a single shot. It was always, there's a droid. And you can see like the guns are shaking <laughs> as they're shooting. I don't know if that was intentional, but I also was like, oh, that's kind of funny. One of the things that annoyed me and kind of similar to that um, on the the series, and I don't know if it was intentional. Obviously, it was intentional, but I don't know. Like maybe it's just stylistic. Is that every single machine, if it gets s- kind of scratched, blows up? Everyone, yeah. and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not how mechanics work because I've broken mechan- I've broken things. Like I I I broke my printer once, and it didn't explode. <laughs> yeah. the, the laws of physics are very much not taken into consideration for this series um before i forget the uh sound effect easter eggs they're they're not playing it as music they're just dropping them in as little clips but like at the start it's definitely a tauntaun for that like big kai st- like uh elk looking creature it's and a then kai uh anakin's flying his ship in space at one point and just very quickly they're playing the sounds from when him and obi-wan are chasing zam and attack of the clones um like through through the cityscape they're playing the sound that like one of the ships very distinctly makes 
And then after Dirge and his like gang, his like biker gang of IG droids um, has their first victory, which this is my um, this is my setup for our segue into that. But when he when they first destroy them, he lifts his lance up in victory, and then it's totally like a Wookie cry that comes out. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, they they awkwardly at some points awkwardly reused dialogue or not dialogue sorry sound bites and or music where it didn't really fit they also um, reused a lot of dialogue yes so it there there's it, it part of this almost feels like they didn't record anything new they got given the files and we're like Wait, yeah we'll make this work um i do want to talk about the lance the jousting scene because <laughs> that that is probably where the explosions took an extreme turn for me because they would literally like hit something with a joust and it would blow up i cannot <laughs> tell with all the jousting first of all never expected there to be so much jousting i can't tell if i liked it or not <laughs> i still can't tell if i was like <laughs> it it is simultaneously fun and cool but also just so stupid <laughs> but it like i don't know it works but it doesn't i i can't make up my mind on it and when obi-wan does, decides like i'm gonna get my lightsaber and i'm gonna joust now i was like okay i'm kind of into this now i don't it was i don't know how to feel about it <laughs> so this is also where you get the um another iconic uh thing is obi-wan and clone armor um, when he gets the, the helmet knocked off during the joust and he just basically wears the clone armor. Um, that's like one of the iconic, uh, uh, Obi-Wan outfits. I'm fine. I'm fine. He hit me in the head with a 20 foot lance, but my helmet just came off. And that's when he pulls out the lightsaber. He's like, I'm kind of done with this. And I'm like, now you're cheating, mister. Like, this is not how the joust was set up. I did kind of like when him and Dirge have their first, and also Dirge is such a funny name. Cause it does. It sounds like they just threw it out and it stuck. They were like, uh, what if we call him Dirge? Okay, sure. Um, but I love he doesn't when he, actually say anything. He just yeah, kind he, of laughs and apparently grunts. Wookie roars. <laughs> um, when 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 Obi Wan does the like really like like cinematic finishing stab and they pause for a second, but then the pause lasts like three seconds, and then Bird Dirge just grabs him. <laughs> yeah, I thought my my Disney Plus froze. I was like, oh, it's buffering. And I was like, oh no, this is just a accentuated pause um and then he just grabs him yeah i was like again like there's this this whole show for me flirted a fine line between awesome and stylistic and just absurd but that's where that's why can you see why i love dirge now though yeah oh no i like i understand i'm like okay i can see why people want dirge to come back because like he's similar to grievous where it's like he's just not a droid he is he seems to have blood and flesh and thoughts and feelings like i want to i i can i can see why people are like i want to know more about him and where he came from he's um, just so I, an I get it awesome weird thing that like got thrown into star wars and i i i just he's like the quintessential like what i love about random aliens in star wars that and the fact that apparently Thorians can clear the landscape with their with their vocal cords. Huh. <laughs> you know, uh Ithorians, uh you guys heard about this, you read about this? Ithorians, uh, people say they have uh they have four lungs. Uh you know, more like Iforians, right? We can edit in crickets, right? I could. <sighs> it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> this this is again another like <laughs> absurd scene but yes <laughs> leaning into that i'm like this is great this is so ridiculous that it's great it's it's like if you if you can't you can't enjoy the lance which we still kind of have to talk about here you can't enjoy that or like the dirge fight with obi-wan and his his troopers if you can't enjoy this i also want to talk about that the them protecting palpatine uh first of all because like it was in my understanding that the there was never a ground assault on Coruscant. Grievous snuck in using the space battle as a distraction to kidnap Palpatine. And then this is like full-blown invasion, baby. But I love when they're riding, they're riding the elevator down. 
and it's the three Jedi and Palpatine and one clone trooper. And Grievous pops his head down to see to look into the glass, and the clone trooper pulls out a rocket launcher and <laughs> fires it at the window point blank in an elevator <laughs> in, a con- in a condensed space. I didn't remember that part, so I was like, "How's this gonna work?" Because they've been in a lot of rules here around like physics and just like common sense, but. Then he just shot it, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm just going to have to, like, not question this, like, totally impossible, ridiculous thing. Clearly so it was a the- concussion rocket, not an actual rocket. Yeah. So if you noticed, like, clearly, like, the layout, Volume 2 almost takes place um, entirely just before Revenge of the Sith. And it was released two months before Revenge of the Sith. So this is the lead-up to Revenge of the Sith. There's also a novel released at the same time called Labyrinth of Evil. Um, that actually takes place concurrently with the Gendy Tartakovsky series. And so they um, were Obi-Wan and Anakin are kind of off on the planet Nelvon. Um, if you recognized that name, uh, it's a play off of Nelvana, the animation company that made the original uh, holiday special cartoon. So they, they're they playing off of that. Um, but the, like there are continuity issues between the cartoon and the book, but they are meant to like kind of be taking place concurrently. And they were made at the same time to take place concurrently. And so this, like totally this, this um, uh, infiltration of Coruscant was part of the original legends continuity. I don't even think the uh, clone wars uh, Floney series touched on Palpatine's abduction. Um, I think they kind of, uh, ignored it for uh, they kind of like leapt over it yeah it's 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 not really mentioned and it it made me it made me laugh a little bit because you know we, you have this like full-scale ground in in the clone war in the tartakovsky clone wars, full-scale ground invasion and war breaks out on coruscant and it's supposed to lead directly into the film and in the film yeah, Coruscant's cool. There's, you know, there's a big space battle going on in in the, uh, outside the atmosphere, but, like, the city itself, like, you know, no, no big fight, no, no, no visual signs of destruction or anything like that. Um, so I found that, that kind of, just kind of funny, like, they really, uh, really just kind of glossed over this in the movie at the time. Um, so, so, so one of my favorite, um, we're getting towards the end here. I want to, one of my favorite animation things that they did, and I'm not entirely sure again, if it was purposeful, but, um, Ithorians are another one of my favorite creatures. And so with an Ithorian, you have the mouths along the sides. They have a, a mouth on each side of there. Um, and when I think, I think it was when they were in the elevator, the animators put a wrinkle on the the face and but the wrinkle looked like a smiley face and i'm like like clearly their mouths are on the sides and so it reminded me of the robot chicken um ithorian because like he would talk like with the mouth in the front like a normal alien but that's not how ithorians talk and so they kind of just put a smiley face drawn on there and i I laughed at that All right. Another gotta, instance of um, unintentional comedy. <laughs> it, it, I think it was unintentional. I still left. <laughs> oh, I have this in my notes and I forgot to mention it. Uh, Connor, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up yet because I was because I was thinking at the beginning of our dis- discussion if all the ridiculous things got to you. Uh, how about werewolf Jedi, Mister Wolvif Mon? Shista, Shista, Shista. Oh, Shista, that's another one where I just went, well, guess that's a thing. <laughs> so that's actually pulled from a character and I believe a new hope in Moss Eisley. Yeah, Shista Venon. Let um, me pull up the who understandably didn't get a lot of screen time because it, it looks just like actually the costume from Teen Wolf. The um the it, it's a, a species yep, called the Shista Venon that got edited out of the special editions. He was in the original um, cut of A New Hope, but he's not in it anymore. And so when we get to A New Hope, you will actually not see him. I'm almost positive on this one. I may be pulling things up my butt, though. Well, according to Wikipedia, they are back in canon again um, well, and have been yeah. br- brought into a bunch of different things. 
But uh, yeah, when I and I saw that, I was like, okay, got ourselves a, a Wolfman Jedi. Sick. Um, there was something else to. Oh, speaking of ridiculous moments, and I'm sorry to jump back to something we already talked about, but I forgot to mention it. Um, and, and really, like, just just throwing out the laws of physics and proximity and fire and explosions and all that. Uh, was when they're on the snow planet and Padme has 3PO go out to distract the droids and, and get them to show themselves. Oh, and, and she blows the, him up. <laughs> you have the two droids and then standing directly in front of the two droids within arm's reach is 3PO and she just throws a grenade into the middle of them. <laughs> she and don't give a two droids about are completely... uh, 3PO. <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, again, really got to suspend all your belief here. Um, and all that happens to 3PO is he just gets buried by a little bit of snow. That's it. Um, he's a little upset. He's, a, he's yeah. miffed. So it's, there's, again, just a lot of absurdity here. Um, okay, after talking about it, though, what, what are your, how are you feeling about it? Have you gotten any better? Because I, like, I still, I'm, I'm pretty middle of the road. Like, I'm, like, going down it. I'm like, there is, you're right, there is almost no character development throughout this entire series. Um, but the series is two hours long um, and it's meant to be broken up in five minute chunks. And so it's meant to be an action piece. And so taking into that into mind, you're not going to get the same thing as a 22 episode seven season long show, eight season. Oh, God, I have no idea how many they have anymore. Um, seven seasons. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. And so you you have to take that in mind. It's also this is at the time the best animation we've ever had <laughs> in Star Wars. Because uh, what we had before was the holiday special cartoon, uh, which you can watch now. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I'm interested to see how that transferred uh, to the HD. Um, it's probably terrible, but I'm still not, interested. Not well, I bet. <laughs> Um, and you had the Ewok series, which also is on Disney Plus, and you had the Droid series, which I have heard rumors is also eventually coming. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. Um, and so you had those as your predecessors to this. This is by far light years ahead of what we had at the time. Now it's definitely dated. I would say, you know, now that we've we've gotten through this discussion, where I'm at on this is. I, it's not, it's one of those things where, like, I can recognize, I'm like, okay, I see why people love this. I get why it's, it's so cherished, but it's, it's just not for me. I think those were literally my words for when I watched Solo. (laughs) Probably, yeah. That's, that's how I feel. It's like, okay, I get, like, I don't think it's terrible, but it's not like I'm sitting here being like, how can you like this? It's awful. I'm more just like. Oh, this isn't for it, it. It's the same reason why, like, very similar to me, how I view like anime and stuff. It's like I don't, you know, I have no disdain for it whatsoever. It's just a very specific, hyper stylized type of media, and it's just not for me. Um, the, the, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I'm not upset that I watched it. I it was entertaining for sure. I was I was entertained. Um, but I just, you know, by the time I got done, I was like, oh, okay, I'm glad they did. Like, I was like, I'm glad they went with a different direction with the series as a whole. A lot of people were not glad they went with a different direction, especially after that first movie came out. I feel like it's it's similar to uh, comics in a lot of ways. Like, um, I can read a comic and appreciate the story they're telling and what they're trying to do, but but and this happens all the time. I think we talked about it in the last episode. Like uh, the art is not bad. It's just not the style that I like or enjoy. And there's a difference between something being bad and being uh, developed or or and created in a way with a style and a presentation that is just not your style. It's not your preference. It's not what you like. But that doesn't mean that it's bad. There are people Agreed. that hate Jackson Pollock. Doesn't make him a bad artist. Uh, but yeah, this was really fun. I'm, I'm glad we talked about this. I didn't get to talk about the absolutely absurd um, biker gang of droids with lances as much as I wanted to. But I don't know that there's much to really say beyond how ridiculous, but also cool and hilarious. I'm like, it was. you're mispronouncing awesome. <laughs> um, I, I I would describe it the same way as it's it's ridiculous. 
I, I mean, like I said earlier, it's ridiculous, but I can't decide if it's a good ridiculous or a bad ridiculous. It's a little bit of both. It's awesome. It's 100% awesome. I love it. I love ridiculous in Star Wars. All right. Um, yeah. This was really fun to dig into. I'm glad we we did this. Jim, I'm glad you suggested this and we finally got around to it. There was a lot of cool things here. Uh, and I was already texting my my large group chat with the, that I'm in with all my best friends. And I was like, do you guys remember when we were in high school and we watched this? It's on Disney Plus now. You should really check it out. And a couple of them were super stoked about it and didn't know. Um, yeah, so that's going to do it. We're going to get out of here. Uh, before we go, I mentioned at the top of the show, our book club, and we talked about the Thrawn book. We will undoubtedly almost definitely be reading, uh, both of, if not one of those books in our book club. We'd love to have you join us. We have a really great group of people in it. We're going to be reading shadows of the empire on, I think April 24th, 23rd. Either way, you've got plenty of time. If you want to join us for that, uh, you can find that information on patreon.com slash AIPTcomics or AIPTcomics.com. It's only $2, and in addition to that, you get access to our Discord community that also has a lot of wonderful people in it. Uh, so we, we hope to see you there. Otherwise, if you want to support the show, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. And more importantly, share it with your friends. Uh, it's really difficult to market our show in a, in a day and age where um, social media is ridiculously saturated with tons of great content. Uh, so it it's probably the best way to support us is by sharing the show uh, with your friends. And we love feedback. Um, Connor loves questions on Twitter. And we also really appreciate getting questions through email. You can find us on Twitter at TalkingTauntauns, where we're tweeting about Star Wars every day of the week. And you can shoot us an email, TalkingTauntauns at AIPTcomics.com. I'd like to, before you uh, go, I'd like to just point out one of the fantastic reviews that we got by one of our listeners, uh, Blasty Trooper, um, John Leopold on Twitter, said, I found Talking Tauntauns while searching podcasts for Star Wars The High Republic, which I can't get enough of. I listened to a great interview with uh, Daniel Jose Older. Yes, Dr. Aphra is the best. Um, Plus reviews of Charles Sewell's Light of the Jedi and Claudia Gray's Into the Dark. And so um, thank you so much for that fantastic review, John. Uh, and we agree we've been having a ton of fun with the High Republic. And you can guarantee that we'll be, uh, once the books uh, start up again this summer, we'll be diving back into them. Yes. I also follow John on Twitter. He's my new favorite person. Yeah, thank you uh, for the review. It really means a lot to us when we get that type of feedback. It, it made all of our days. I, I think I can collectively speak for us on that one. Um, but yeah. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We hope you go and watch this on Disney Plus if you haven't already. And thank you so much for listening to our show and supporting it. It means a lot to us. Uh, so we're going to get out of here, and we'll see you next time. Bye, you